The Summit Lighthouse brings you practical spiritual answers and is the open door to sacred mysteries. These teachings, delivered by Mark and Elizabeth Clare Prophet, are compelling, thought-provoking, and timeless. Here are your hosts, Tom Schumacher and Terry Kennedy. And hello, everybody. Welcome once again to The Open Door. This is the online voice of the Summit Lighthouse, where we publish, promote, and practice the teachings of the Ascended Masters and... We invite you to awaken to the light within. I'm Tom Schumacher. And I'm Terry Kennedy. And I'm Sid Bennett. Hello, brothers. Hello. You know, today we're, um, we're, we're, we're coming at the truth from a slightly oblique angle. And this may take a bit of development to kind of get it started. So what I want to maybe lead off this discussion with is the idea that those of us, and this includes you who are listening to this show, who have a desire to come up higher Come to a place eventually, if, we, if you're fortunate as we have been to go through the Ascended Master's teachings, where we understand that we are dealing with God's will and the very potent power of that will. And that it's very easy with the best of intentions to possibly misuse that power. So the title of today's show was, Who Does the Truth Threaten? And it threatens our potential for advancing it, you know, basically ascending. So I wanted to make the point, starting out here, that it, what we're going to talk about today, to some extent, is the misuse of God's power as a threat to our own spiritual well-being. So there, I just want to throw that out. And, and who knows the right use of power on this planet? <laughs> exactly um, right. I think it's a universal um, challenge for anyone in a leadership role, you know, whether it's the President of the United States or the local McDonald's, <laughs> the manager there. You know, how do you exercise authority without misusing power? And, of course, the examples of the misuse of power are legion um, <laughs> they are in the history of this planet. But I think what, <clears throat> Tom, if I understand what you were saying, is that as we garner greater power in our auras, because we invoke it through the use of the, the sacred word, the, the decrees and so forth, then we have a greater accountability. And that's why God will not give us more light and more power than that we which can use. And, and one of the reasons for that is actually in our interest, because... You know, you can't misuse something you don't have. So we could make a greater karma for ourselves um, if we're not at that point we use it. So we're continually tested on the path in the use of power. And as we've shared before, every day can be a why. Do we go to the left-handed path or the right-handed path? And uh, the challenge is, as you get more power, the temptation to use that power in the wrong way becomes greater. Well, and that's a very good point, and I think the crux of the matter is that we come to the point where we have to decide between the human will and God's will, and that's where we think we know what's best, we think we understand what He, God intends, but how do we really know that? And by getting clearer into the teachings, we've learned first humility, then obedience, but understand that the human will is always kind of a threat to our Spiritual balance. Well, it is when it's counter to God's will. And, well, exactly. You know, not everything we do, obviously, is counter to God's will, but it's choose this day whom you will serve. Are you going to serve the light, your holy Christ self and God within you? Or are you going to serve your human consciousness, what we call the dweller on the threshold or the not self, this, this pseudo self that we've created by the misuse of power over many, many embodiments? And that's the crucial question for every soul of light upon this planet. Who are you going to become? Are you going to become the Christ? And on the path of your ascension, or are you be going to become uh, basically a you know a two-headed monster misusing power, right. um, which is not yours even to use? And there are plenty of examples in history of people that have chosen that left-handed path, even after being on 
the spiritual path from a very long time. I mean, Lucifer is a prime, is a example. prime example, obviously. And so that's what it comes down to desire. Yeah. What is your desire? Well, one of the concepts that we're talking about is power. And it's multifaceted because we understand that the more we use God's will to direct our actions, our thoughts, and our deeds, our words, the more power we're given. We earn by increments more power as we're demonstrating our ability to use it properly. You know, uh, what occurs to me um, as you're speaking, um, both of you, is the uh, the science of the of the threefold flame in the heart. So we have these three plumes. We have a power plume, a red, red, pink, and yellow power, wisdom, and love. Yellow, <clears throat> pink, and blue. Uh, yeah, blue, blue, pink, and yellow. Right. Which are representative of the power, the love, and the wisdom. wisdom. Right. Okay. So if we are in, if we have an imbalance on this power plume, um, then that that can be a, a part of the problem. And so the answer to your question is how do we how do we uh, temper this power is by developing the other two plumes. Well, we know that one of the ascension formula um, requirements is to balance the threefold flame. And we, we can pretty much know if we're a little bit too blue, a little bit too... Uh, too yellow. You, you know, a lot of times intellectuals, you know, are yeah. like way out of whack on the yellow plume. And, and too much love, you're just mishmashy, you know. And, and, you know, one of the big challenges, especially people, because power, of course, being the Blu-ray is, is a huge challenge, is people will justify actions and behavior based on what they see it's going to do even though what the way they get there may not be the right way. And it's right. been a Luciferian philosophy is, let us do evil that good might come. Yeah. Yes. In other words, you tell people, yeah, this isn't just exactly right, but when we're done with this, you're going to have all these wonderful blessings from it. Right. And you can't get to God by committing evil. Yeah. I mean, it just it, <laughs> doesn't work. Yeah. I mean, work. a five-year-old will tell you that, right? <laughs> so, so everything you do, no matter how good your goal is, Unless you go after it in the right way, it's it's never going to be blessed or sponsored by God. It simply can't happen because yeah. of the way you go about things. And so that's why the, the leadership is such a challenge. And a leader can't be passive. A leader has to lead. Right. I mean, that's one of their jobs. <laughs> so you can't just hide and say, "Well, I don't want. I'm so afraid to make a mistake." You have to take action. But taking the right action is the greatest challenge that all leaders face. And how do you find that? You know. You listen to common sense, to people that share with you, you go within. And you understand spiritual principles and how they apply to leadership, what works and doesn't work. And logically, is not always the spiritual way. Because if you have relative values of good and evil, then you can justify almost anything. And that's not God's way. Not God's way at all. You know, one of the things that we've spoken of in different ways many times is that when we get on the path, we get excited, we get enthusiastic, we get passionate. And we know that we have something in our hands, in our hearts, in our minds that's potent, powerful. And that's where sometimes we get, unfortunately, into the habit of thinking that we know better. Again, this is that the crux of the matter between the human will and God's will. But one of the things that uh, we'll hear in the, we're playing two lecture excerpts today. In the first of the two, Mrs. Prophet talks about how we've been, either had power added to us, as we said before, by virtue of the right use of that power, or we've had power stripped from us because of misuse of that power. That's really what we're talking about. That's the threat, is the potential misuse of power. And it sets you back a great deal, because 
especially when you're in a leadership role or a national leadership role or international because you affect so many people. And whatever karma you cause, you know, if it affects 10 people, you have 10 people to balance karma with. You know, think of the Protestant Reformation. (laughs) Whatever the motives for that were, it denied hundreds of millions of people the presence of Mother Mary. And, And the light, you know, and the whole, you know, half of Christendom has been denied Mother Mary. So you can imagine the intensity of that karma. And so obviously you have to get back in a position, even if it was a quote-unquote honest mistake, um, you have to to find a way to balance that. And of course, God will give you that opportunity. That's what's so amazing. Uh, He will place you in a situation, and by cosmic law, you must have it. So you have an opportunity to balance that karma. And unfortunately, some people miss the boat. They don't pay attention, so to speak. And that's the beauty and I think the exciting part about the teaching of the Son of Masters because when you understand cosmic law and you understand that each one of us has a certain karma and that karma will come to us, God will give you the way to balance it. Yeah. That's that's the miracle of it. If you're paying attention. <laughs> but if you go off and, and do something else and, and, and go away from God and that daily attunement and work with God, you could miss the opportunity. Yeah. I and, totally and agree. You're never that. given any more than you can handle, and that's why it's kind of doled out on a daily basis. You well, know? You, you know, open the front door, and there's your package. You yeah, your little, your little <laughs> wad of karma. <laughs> you know, you mentioned the threefold flame earlier, Terry, and one of the things that is really instructive to realize is that when we have power stripped from us, it affects us in many ways. One of which is to reduce the crystal cord, which one, is where the light from our am presence comes down into our body, right? It diminishes the threefold flame, which right. you just talked about. It can imbalance it. And the tube of light is, to some extent, diluted. Yes. You know, so that what, and again, we don't make this, we don't mean to make this sound harsh, whether you've been a, you know, you're a worthless sinner. <laughs> we, that, <laughs> maybe, you know, the, the point here is that it has an impact on us on many levels. And we can restore that. We're on a quest. Mrs. Prophet refers to this. We're on a mission to restore the lost power the power that we had stripped from us because of our misuse of it, we're on a path to regain it. And to use, <clears throat> and to learn to use it correctly. Use it properly. Exactly. And, and lest you become discouraged about this, I'll remind everybody the story of Milarepa, yeah. the great oh. Tibetan Buddhist. And if you don't know this story, it's worth, there's books about it and so forth. But at a young age, he got very angry at other people. And he used the power they had at that time to, to, to call up elemental life, which are the nature spirits, and I can't remember exactly what he did, but he brought some terrible weather and, on um, his enemies and ended up killing a number of people. And <clears throat> the, the story of him of how he found redemption and how he balanced that karma. So no matter what we've done, um, and we're sincere and we're willing to walk the walk, um, God will show us the way. And in fact, it's often said, we've shared this before, but I think it's worth remembering that those that have committed the worst things sometimes are the most motivated to balance their karma, to serve God, and they're the most disciplined so that they don't go down that wrong road again. You know, and again, you bring up a really great point because in terms of a karma and balancing, these moments in our past lives where we misuse power come back to us again as a test. We don't get to skirt these. They they come directly at us, whether we like it or not. Mm-hmm. So part of the reason why this whole focus is based on power, misuse of power, is that you don't get to skate just because you understand that you misused it. It's going to come back in some form so you can balance it. And you prepare. You prepare. Through the use of the violet flame 
And whatever circumstances you put in, you, you may have been a potentate and God may put you in a much more humble situation, but it'll be the same test. <laughs> exactly right. And you know, just reflecting on the title of our show, who does the truth threaten? Well, it threatens you personally yeah. if you do not recognize it because every, every initiation is going to have that element of truth and untruth attached to it. Exactly. So you have that, that why in the road. I mean, as small as it may be. Well, and we're going to hear more about that in about two minutes. So please stay with us as we take a short break. Back in a moment. At the Summit Lighthouse, our goal is to help you awaken to the light within and discover your real self. Today, thousands of spiritual seekers all around the world are using the universal teachings of the Ascended Masters to make their higher selves a permanent part of their reality. And you can too. The Ascended Masters are the saints and sages of East and West from all major religions and spiritual paths. They have walked where you walk and understand the challenges you face. And their teachings are always practical. By applying the science of the spoken word through verbal prayers called decrees, the masters teach us how to harness the healing power of the violet flame and other spiritual energies to transform our lives and our world. On The Open Door, it is our goal and great joy to bring you Ascended Master teachings that you can apply in your life right now. To learn more about the Summit Lighthouse and the teachings of the Ascended Masters, visit us today at tsl.org and discover how you can awaken to the light within. It's what you're here to do. Remember, tsl.org. Those seeking a higher spiritual path question everything. It is the nature of a spiritual seeker. They look deeply at all world religions and know that there are nuggets of truth within them all. The Summit Lighthouse is a deep repository of spiritual wisdom delivered by the Ascended Masters through their messengers Mark and Elizabeth Clare Prophet. For over 50 years, we have brought seekers worldwide liberating teachings that include the violet flame, the creative power of sound, and a deep personal connection to the Masters of Light. The goal of our show is to bring you timely spiritual teachings that are practical and liberating. For a free download of one of our most popular books, go to www.summitlighthouse.org forward slash radio downloads. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. You are listening to The Open Door, brought to you by the Summit Lighthouse. Please send your comments or questions to webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to our show. And we are back, and thank you for staying with us. When we have the desire to come up higher, sooner or later we're going to encounter the test of power. Here's more from Elizabeth Clare Prophet. When we have a desire by cosmic law, God surfeits us in the filling of that desire because it's one means of getting us through with the desire and going beyond it. And so unfulfilled desires are always time bombs waiting to go off. When you keep desires in your subconscious, as we've said before, sooner or later you will attract the object of your desiring. 
So our desire is to be disciples of God. Our desire is to know God face to face, to know Him through our brothers and sisters on the path. And the pure desire to be like them is what makes a good Sheila and a good disciple. So I think it's important to review what desires we keep and what desires the fallen ones project upon us, which are not our own, that must be rooted out daily. So Kafumi says, because ideas and concepts are so important, and further because thought is so far-reaching, we have advocated that the disciple shall emulate the master by giving obedience to his own God-self first. A real disciple acts as an extension of the divine will, or arm of his own presence, and reaches out to command that life shall obey the same divine will, which then becomes the conscious controlling factor in the world and mind of the disciple. Not my will, but thine be done. When you see yourself as an extension of the divine will, as an arm of your presence, you will, and God through you, will command life to obey the same divine will, which is the conscious controlling factor in your life. When you do this meticulously, then you will see that elemental life will obey you. There is no one who does not have experience with the science of the spoken word and the knowledge of elementals who will not be presented with at some time or another the temptation to have an elemental perform a deed that is not God's will. A deed such as getting even with your enemies. That's the favorite temptation. And that's the temptation that is thrown your way. And Mark Prophet taught me that. When you can command elemental forces, you may not command them to bring harm upon any part of life. And if you do so, you will suffer immense consequences. You see, elementals do not have a Christ self. You are their Christ self. If they accept and acknowledge you as their hierarch and leader, they are absolutely steadfast in their obedience. And the more you respect the power of God and of yourself as a son of God and do not misuse it, the more power you will receive. And the misuse of power has stripped you of whatever power you've ever been stripped of in the last 25,000 years. And you all know that. I know that. We all know that the misuse of God's energy has resulted in the shrinking of the crystal cord and the tube of light and the threefold flame. So we are on a quest to regain the lost energy, the lost power that we had with God, that we had in the previous golden ages. So when we go over those steps of our karma that we must now balance and redeem, we come to those steps where we misused the power. And for the moment, in the immediate sense, the misuse of power may have great gains. Great financial gains, personality, power gains, political gains, whatever. Taking the shortcut to some kind of fame or glory or personal satisfaction. So you come to those points and you re-experience the opportunity to either do it all over again or to walk away from it and say, I don't want 
any part of it. I'm walking on for my ascension. If you didn't have that experience, your record could not be marked with your choice. You must receive testing. The world will tempt you. God will not. That's in our rosaries. The apostles taught it. God will never tempt you. Your Christ self will test you. But you will never be tested beyond your ability to meet that test. So elementals are very powerful beings. And therefore we know that God respects cosmic law. All of his ascended masters and archangels do. The hierarchs of the elements do. They never break cosmic law. Can you imagine with all that they know and all that the earth is imperiled, how much of a temptation, quote, it would be to an angel to set aside cosmic law, to spare someone being killed, or to stop a war, or stop a fire, or stop calamity? Can you imagine the burden of the heart of angels when, because of mankind's karma, they must allow these things to happen? And if they didn't allow them to happen, we would get weaker and weaker because we would think, well, if there's any danger, the angels will take care of it. We don't have to worry about it. Instead of ourselves having to understand there are physical laws, chemical laws, laws of cause and effect in every level, if we disobey them, we are hurt. If people take poison, they die. If we leave chemicals under the sink and our newborn baby gets into it, the child may die. It may also be saved because God does intercede. But the terrible calamities that happen are there because earth is a schoolroom. People must learn by their mistakes and by their neglect. Can you imagine how it must rend the heart of the brothers in white that they can only act by law on earth when charged to do so by those of us who have the authority here who are in embodiment. They can only act by God's laws or his divine decrees or his power of intercession through those who make the call. And that they cannot interfere with karma because no one will learn to be good if they don't experience spankings, even though those spankings may ultimately bring about their transition or great suffering. Commanding life, commanding the divine will, and commanding it only according to the will of God is very, very important. And the farther you go along on the path, I can tell you, the more you will find are the complexities and the subtleties of the temptation to misuse energy. And that is one of the things you deal with as you accept new burdens of light, new levels of attainment, and new initiations, you also realize that you will have confrontations which you would never have had when you were a babe in arms. Some have thought that God's will is totally contrary to human will, and this too is a part of man's unfortunate heritage of error. God desires man to be eternally happy and to live here and now in abundance. The Father desires the best gifts for his own beloved Son and knows that any privation is imposed on the prodigal by his own wrong thoughts, which by cosmic law return for redemption. 
Human will is often destructive, but not always. For in many areas, man's will has become imbued with enough sense of cosmic righteousness for him to actually seek cooperation with God. Very important point, your human will may be God's will. So don't sell yourself short. Such unity between divine and human will is a reconversion of the carnal will to the pristine purity of the divine image, which is the hope of the world. You know, I, I have to admit, I have this experience every time I hear one of these lecture excerpts. It's like being at a buffet, you know, being very hungry and looking at 50 different things. Where do we start? Where do I start? Because <laughs> you know, I was so struck by many things there that we've heard before, but it's just they bear repeating. One is that it is God's will that we be eternally happy and abundant. Now, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> but there's, there was another point that was made earlier in the excerpt that I want to kind of start with, and that is this. The world will tempt you. God will not. There's obviously a difference between tempting and testing. Yes. Well, God allows testing. I mean, God allowed Jesus to be tempted. Of course. By Satan. So God will allow that so we can prove ourselves. Mm -hmm. How else can we do that? Yeah. And um, I'm going to intercede here, Tom, and go back to any of the earlier point, which sure. is desire. Oh, yes. What do we desire? <clears throat> and there are many desires in our subconscious, conscious, unconscious, whether it's a certain model car or, you know, things perhaps a little more risky, <laughs> shall we say. There's David Sean Motors again. <clears throat> yeah. So, <laughs> got to explain that one. David Sean is the place you go. Some people go after they die where unfulfilled desires are fulfilled. Yes. And it's not a place you really want to go because no. it, it doesn't do anything for you. It may help you get rid of that desire, but, you know, it, it impedes you and holds you back. So, it's very simple to surrender. God, I surrender my desires and I ask your desires. I am one with God desire. It's yeah. a mantra that I and I have embraced over the years to make sure I don't make a wrong turn. And uh, if I do make a wrong turn, that I get back on the straight and narrow. So look at your desires. And if you don't desire to know God, then why would we be on this path? If you don't it's desire it. to return home, to fulfill God's purposes, if we don't love God and the opportunities that there, what, why would we be on this path? So that's our motivation. So that comes with the correct desire. So make sure that your desires are God desires and you can you can hold them up. And you know, not every desire is bad. It just may distract you. You know, some people are really into figurines or something, you know, or, or <laughs> old Porsches. Or I saw a guy with an old Corvair and only the Americans, older Americans would know what they were. It's a model car. This, that's not bad. But if it distracts you from your true path, then it, you're losing valuable opportunity, which we have here. So, Take a look at your desire, especially are you willing to surrender unfulfilled desires? Because if you don't surrender them, you may have to re-embody because that desire is so strong. What's interesting is Mrs. Prophet said God surfeits um, people. Is you all you need. You get more and more until you're sick of it. <laughs> I don't want any more of this, you know. Yeah. And, and then you're free of the desire. Yeah, well, you know, and one of the desires that we want to be free of is the desire to misuse power. One of the last things that Mrs. Prophet said before the end of that segment was that we all come face to face with the temptation to misuse power at one point or another. And, you know, um, just recently, without mentioning the specifics, we had a group of witches that gathered to put a hex upon a particular individual. Now, this, Mrs. Prophet said, when you command elemental forces, you may not command them to bring harm upon any part of life. So there's a karmic return there for every individual involved in that action. Indeed. And believe me, 
black magic and witchcraft are not things you want to be involved in. That's not a good desire. Yeah. (laughs) Well, as we go to a break now, I want to make a point that we'll we'll hear amplified in the next segment. That is this. You have the power within your grasp to change every wrong condition by the power of light. So do not fear to do your part as God wants you to do. Back in a moment. Right now, all over the world, warriors of light are working tirelessly to defend your soul's opportunity to achieve oneness with God. These spiritual warriors are keepers of the flame, and though few, the power they wield is greater than all of the weapons made by man. Founded by St. Germain in 1961, Keepers of the Flame is a non-denominational fraternity in the tradition of ancient spiritual orders. When you join, you'll receive a series of lessons that will introduce you to a vast and dynamic spiritual world. See for yourself. Access Lesson 1 right now, completely free. No login required. Simply go to tsl.org slash keepers, and in seconds you could be exploring a whole new world of practical Ascended Master teachings. Lessons are printed or available online for any time, anywhere access, and anyone can join. Discover your real self and explore your full spiritual potential. Become a Keeper of the Flame today and awaken to the light within. Please visit tsl.org slash keepers and prepare to accelerate. Those seeking a higher spiritual path question everything. It is the nature of a spiritual seeker. They look deeply at all world religions and know that there are nuggets of truth within them all. The Summit Lighthouse is a deep repository of spiritual wisdom delivered by the Ascended Masters through their messengers Mark and Elizabeth Clare Prophet. For over 50 years, we have brought seekers worldwide liberating teachings that include the violet flame, the creative power of sound, and a deep personal connection to the masters of light. The goal of our show is to bring you timely spiritual teachings that are practical and liberating. For a free download of one of our most popular books, go to www.summitlighthouse.org forward slash radio downloads. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to The Open Door, brought to you by the Summit Lighthouse. Please send your comments or questions to webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to our show. And we are back. Thank you so much for staying with us. Here's a thought to kind of launch our upcoming lecture segment, and that is this, accept the wonders of each day as a segment of eternity given into your keeping and trust. Here's more. I am strongly advocating that each disciple shall see his cosmic responsibility to be an example of the Father's love and to accept the wonders of each day as a segment of eternity given into his keeping and trust. To embellish life by correctly using your talents is never a matter of gilding the lily, blessed ones. Do not fear to do your part as God wants you to do. Accept the rigors of karmic conditions only as a temporal necessity 
and realize that you have the power within your grasp to change every wrong condition by the power of light into Christ's victorious accomplishment. Accept the rigors of karmic conditions. If life is hard, if circumstances you have to deal with are hard, don't say, I'm a Chila of the Ascended Masters, I shouldn't have to experience such privation, such burdens, such difficulties. And therefore decree against them in the sense that you don't live through them and balance them. This is an attitude of people who call themselves metaphysicians. People who call themselves metaphysicians are often in the school of Christian science, unity, divine science, and various other types of positive thinking groups where they think positively and they put up a barrier to anything that could be painful, difficult, or burdensome in life. And what they do is effectively push away their karma and their karmic cycles. I can remember when I was a student of Christian science, many well-meaning people used to say to me, why you don't have to go through that. You shouldn't have to experience that. You shouldn't have to take that situation. And then they'd go on and quote some very nice verses and phrases from the Bible or from Science and Health, which basically are absolute affirmations of God's perfection, which of course we know is true. Moria taught me that when people do this, even in the handling of disease, that they actually postpone the ultimate confrontation of their karma. And the thing in these very difficult and ticklish situations that confront us on the path is that we do have to meet them head on with the violet flame, with wisdom, with patience, with concern, with long-suffering, with endurance, until we work through a situation instead of simply denying it or walking away from it. And this comes into the area of accountability. Jesus was very concerned about events that surrounded him, very involved. He could become angry with the wrath of God. He could become deeply grieved and cry at the death of Lazarus. He experienced extreme compassion for people who were sick because he was involved and could feel their sickness and had the desire to give his life that they might be healed. He experienced life from top to bottom in the fullest sense. Read Isaiah, read Jeremiah, read Hosea, read these people who took upon themselves the burdens of the sins of the people of Israel, though they themselves were not guilty. They suffered, they rent their garments, they wept, they cried out to God. They felt deeply in all of their chakras the burdens of the Lord and the burdens of the people. But the perpetrators of the deeds, the misusers and the despisers of the people, the non-integrated ones, could perform any act of cruelty, murder, deception, betrayal of the Lord and the community. And it would just be a surface happening. A few reptilian tears and, and these individuals are off again. There's no depth of real connection to the living God. So you will find in a situation involving people that the one who is most God-centered will experience the greatest identification with what is happening 
and the greatest desire to resolve the problem, to take responsibility for solving the problem. The person who has the God contact never walks away, always picks up the pieces, always is concerned, will pay the bill if somebody else doesn't, and so forth. So any of us may from time to time have the experience of, instead of facing life, just wanting to cut it off, be disconnected, pull the plug of that experience, walk away from it, and not think about it. That's not always possible. There are ramifications to the way one has lived, and one must deal with it in a mature way, and the best way possible. The power that is in us, the power that is in us of cosmic responsibility to be an example of love, must be built upon. You must strive for integration and connection not only to your Christ self but to your four lower bodies. You can't cut off yourself at the middle and disallow the karma of that electronic belt of the past million years. It's hard to realize you've been on this earth a million years so why don't you start with 500,000? <laughs> if you can't deal with that, how about 5,000? That's about as far as our fundamentalist friends want to consider that life has lived on this planet. But the fact of the matter is you've been around a long time. And the path cannot be entered so that you can detach yourself from the wagon train of, of this whole past existence. We have to deal with it. We deal with it on a daily basis, little by little. It has to be worked with. And if you're going to experience pain, go ahead and let yourself experience the pain. God gives us senses. Remember, Jesus taught us in the last lesson. We have the five senses, and we are not about to take a whole list of drugs and painkillers or drown ourselves in alcohol or marijuana to be free from the experience of tension. If life is tense, then we have to become the Buddha to transmute that tension and to learn to get the mastery over it. That's what life is teaching us. And if we've got a pain in our body, we better fast and pray and consult some good dictionaries on medicine and herb cures and see a doctor if we have to, to heal that body. So if it's painful to admit that you've done wrong, experience the pain. Suffer, cry, kneel before God, ask his forgiveness, be penitent, correct your life, do better, promise to do better, guard yourself and do better, but whatever you do, don't cut it off and walk away from it. If you have to cry because somebody is going to die in your life, somebody's sick, a relative, experience the grief don't say an ascended Master Chila should never cry or experience grief. That's not true. You have to experience what you're experiencing until through it you come through it and above it and transcend it and, and take the lesson with you. Being a Chila is not becoming someone that is cut off from human feelings, human desires or human thoughts. If they are there, you have to decide what to do with them. Either transmute them, live through them, exalt them, redirect them, 
But if they are there, they are a part of you, they have been there before, they may be there again if you just deny them. And you will not gain the mastery of your life. Indeed. Well, you know, there's a lot there about pain, which I think we're going to focus on in the final segment of the show, because that's a pretty rich vein to explore. A rather universal experience. I would say so, (laughs) yes. You know, at the outset of today's program, we asked the question, who does the truth threaten? And in one very important respect, it is you. And in this way, if you remember from the beginning uh, comments of this last lecture excerpt, we're talking about the possibility that by gaining knowledge, by gaining power, by gaining more light, you might feel you have the option to bypass or circumvent your karma. And that's one of the major threats we have to face and realize it could be subtle, but it's definitely there as we cannot dodge our karma. It seems like a get-out-of-jail-free card. Um, You can have the power um, without dealing with your karma. And, of course, there's a lot of black magicians on this planet who are not necessarily just witches and the like, but they've learned how to, to use energy and to manipulate energy to control other people and to cause things to happen. And they become uh, direct or develop a level of mastery at that, and like the fallen angels have done. And so they can, you know, get gain and do the things they want. Ultimately, they will lose their entire existence if they don't redeem themselves. But again, the misuse of power can be subtle, you know, and again, not willing to attend that detail. You know, God is in the details. And so don't leave karmic situations unresolved. If you have to go back and do and do something to correct it, do it. Because it'll always come back to you and it will prevent you from moving forward um, in the way you want to. So to the best of your ability, not only use the viola fame of the spoken word, but attend to karma physically. Exactly. I mean, it's pretty straightforward. <laughs> um, and if you have if you borrow somebody's uh, tools or something, you got to return them, you know. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty simple. If you borrowed a couple of dollars or whatever from some people, you got to pay it back. I mean, those are the details. And, and that's kind of, you know, small things. But believe oh. me, there are much bigger things going on in our worlds that have to go back. And I'm thinking just quickly of Catherine Marshall, who was the wife of a famous American preacher, Peter Marshall, in the 50s. When she became ill, she got so concerned about what she'd done to the people, she contacted every person she could think of from her past and ask for forgiveness for everything wow. she'd done. So um, that's a good perspective to have to, to write your ship. So you can look at yourself in the mirror and say, God can work through me because I've let go of all the things I can. Well, I think it's safe to say that we're not going to balance karma intellectually. <laughs> that's how you make a lot of karma. <laughs> I, I remember there's something that hung over my head from the time I was a teenager, and I finally, finally called my mother up, and I... And I, I, I worked through it. I, I apologized for something, you know, that I had lied about earlier on. Well, and, it, and it felt like the right thing to do. And it, and it had been a burden all those years, wow. you know. But I, I, I knew the law. I knew that. I just want to say sometimes the fear of pain is much worse than the pain itself. <laughs> yeah. And this is true. Yeah. A child doesn't want to get a shot, you know. So I mean, the they dentist. could go into hysterics <laughs> for 20 minutes because they don't want a shot. You know, a shot takes, what, 30 seconds? Two pain's <laughs> over. Three, yeah. three seconds. So, three. So, so we don't have to fear pain as much as we think we do because sometimes the fear of pain is by far the worse than the pain. Yeah. Well, who is it? Somebody said, worry like rocking chair. Waste all your time. Go nowhere. 
<laughs> well, when we come back, I, I think we're going to talk more about this pain. We'll talk because about pain, yeah. Pain has a bad name. <laughs> <laughs> so unless we're to give pain a good name. Let's take a break right now. Back in a moment. A little painless break. Those seeking a higher spiritual path question everything. It is the nature of a spiritual seeker. They look deeply at all world religions and know that there are nuggets of truth within them all. The Summit Lighthouse is a deep repository of spiritual wisdom delivered by the Ascended Masters through their messengers Mark and Elizabeth Clare Prophet. For over 50 years, we have brought seekers worldwide liberating teachings that include the violet flame, the creative power of sound, and a deep personal connection to the Masters of Light. The goal of our show is to bring you timely spiritual teachings that are practical and liberating. For a free download of one of our most popular books, go to www.summitlighthouse.org forward slash radio downloads. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Listening to The Open Door, brought to you by the Summit Lighthouse. Please send your comments or questions to webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to our show. And we are back. Thank you again for staying with us. I'd like to say at the outset of this segment, on behalf of all of us here, that we are not, repeat, not making light of pain. What we're attempting to do is apply light to the experience of pain. Well, it's, it's, it's an understanding of what pain is. And Mrs. Prophet often said, pain is the portal to bliss. And, you know, it took me a long time to kind of get that. I have never been a big fan of pain. Most of us haven't. (laughs) Um, You know, why do I want pain? How is that going to get me to bliss? And and one of the things that I've come to understand over the years is that what pain does, it helps you to surrender to God. In other words, you become, you can't do anything about it, so to speak, and you're looking for answers, and shaking your fist and yelling at God doesn't seem to work. (laughs) And so, when you experience pain, it is the balancing of karma, number one, Yes. and number two, it does take you to a place of greater surrender, and greater surrender means greater willingness to change, mean to hold the light, it's a motivating factor, and therefore, from my perspective, that's one way it can lead you to bliss. And bliss is the balancing of your karma or the end of your karma. That's got to be bliss. <laughs> and in the presence of God, the presence of your Christ self, which displaces your karma or your human consciousness. So pain can be a portal to bliss. So the alleviation of pain is not always something you desire. No one wants more pain necessarily than they have to have. But understand when pain comes to you, not only is it a karmic reckoning, but it's an opportunity for you. Yeah. And this is not meant to be a cold assessment of pain either, because we know that by embracing pain, embracing our karma, I think one of the axioms is that pain is the price of wisdom. But more than that, you know, there's a there's a whole movement going through this country has been pretty prevalent now for the last 40 years of dodging your pain. I mean, basically going to the ending of life as a choice 
and not experiencing that pain to the end where you don't realize that you're going to have to come back and get it again. You come back to exactly the same place, whether either through suicide or euthanasia, voluntary euthanasia, you come back to the same place and fame the same test again. And the challenge is because of your old momentums, it's more difficult to break that. So, you know, be willing to accept, you know, we went through a situation recently with the person that was passing. And, of course, everybody just, you know, get them out of embodiment as quickly as possible, you know. And that's not always the case. So that got to make God make that decision. I want to, if I may, Tom, comment on one more aspect of pain. Mrs. Prophet talked about the prophets of ancient Israel. Yes. Who had great pain physically and because they took the sins of the people upon them. And if you study the the saints of the past 2,000 years, they very often had some physical ailment or problem, and it was not a light one either. They suffered the great physical pain because they took upon not themselves, not their karma, but karma of other people and world karma. Yeah. So you realize it's noble to do that. And as an adjunct to that, if I may just add one more thing, and that is whenever you experience physical pain, emotional pain, whatever it is, Give that to God to help other people. In other words, even if it's your karma, you can use that pain as an offering that God may use to help other people. And it kind of takes the edge off it a little bit. And I said I was one more thing, but I have one more thing. <laughs> and that's okay. It's, I have one after that. <laughs> but it's okay also to seek that mitigation of the pain. Exactly right. You know, which is lawful in terms of you know, what doctors can help you with and so forth. Well, I was just going to, that was the point I wanted to make is that it doesn't mean you have to suffer unduly, that there are ways that were prescribed to alleviate, ameliorate, to some extent, lower the threshold for that pain. That's lawful. Yes, it is. Because uh, Mother has said, Mrs. Prophet has said, that a lot of the medical advances are a dispensation of mercy to people, that they don't have to bear the full brunt of their karma. And of course, we know not medicine has its limitations too, but um, there's opportunity there. And, you know, what does it take for us to learn our lessons? I mean, we know that intrinsically that we just don't learn our lessons by reading about them intellectually. I mean, if some people can do that, God bless them. But most of us have to learn through our mistakes. Pain is the price of wisdom. You know, you brought up the concept, we've talked about it before, but it might be worth revisiting right now, the concept of world karma, that there's a karma that is not ours personally, that we can share in the mitigation of, not only often by choice, sometimes we're given it, but it's good to realize that we might be bearing karma. One thing I wanted to bring up was this, this is maybe a little bit mundane, but had uh, somebody in the organization once tell me that if we look at our body, that perhaps, not necessarily true, but perhaps the pain and whatever we are feeling on our left side is the world karma, and right side is our personal karma. Have you ever heard that? I have heard that, and we have to be careful about I know. <laughs> being 100% of that, especially if it's a karma I don't particularly like. But <laughs> yeah. No, but that's typically generally true, that pain on the right is personal and on the left is world. But it doesn't really matter whether yeah. it's personal or world. You need to deal with it, deal with it with love and whatever practical things you can do. Um, but the world is afraid of pain because they've been taught to avoid pain no matter what. And sometimes the avoidance of pain causes pain to others. Yes. And that's something you want to be very careful of. I, I, I've shared this story, but I think it's worth repeating about a nurse I knew many years ago in Children's Hospital in Los Angeles. And she said very often when a, a child is born with defects or problems or very serious illness develop, the husband will bail. 
he'll just take off. In other words, he won't stay around to deal with the karma of the child. Wow. And it leaves the mother, of course, to, that has to deal with that. So that's important from a society point of view that we realize that our choices do affect others one way or the other. Yeah, and you know, I'm, I know there's more we could say about pain and all its ramifications. But before we end show the show today, wanted to go to another place really quickly that uh, Mrs. Prophet alluded to, where she said that the most God-centered among us will experience the greatest identification with the problems that exist and resolving them. I'm thinking back now to some of the things we've seen recently in the news and the media about these disasters. People will come for a thousand miles to help out these people who are being flooded out of their homes, are being made homeless by anything from fires to hurricanes to whatever the case may be. These people take it upon themselves to, to carry this burden. I think it's just a, it's a remarkable thing to see. And this is something we all have within us the capacity to do. I just watched a video of, of, a, of a man that, that put himself in extreme danger to go out and rescue like a bird, you know, out in the middle of uh, hmm. mud or whatever it was, I forget. But it was, it was just wonderful to see Sweet the, the compassion you know, for elemental life that people have, uh, in addition to what mm-hmm. you're saying, sure. you know, people helping other people. And I think that's, you know, we sometimes talk about, you know, the, the anemic um, theology of modern Christianity. But <laughs> I also like to talk about the incredible devotion and faith that so many Christians have. And, and I've known, and I'm sure you have too, of, of what you're talking about, Tom, where the most precious, sweet Christians will go to the extreme to help people. Yeah. You know, whether it's uh, baking, when someone loses a family member, you bake a meal and take it over to them. You know, just the little details of life. And those are so important because, you know, those are keys to getting to the highest levels of heaven. Is you're willing to, I mean, God doesn't ask you what your theology is when you pass. What he asks you is how much love have you had? And I can tell you, these, there, I know many Christians that, Christians that I am humbled by their experience and manifestation of love for others. How much love have you given? Yeah. And, and, you know, uh, I, I think I'd like to mention that uh, many of these wonderful Christian people, uh, many of those people are younger souls who only know Jesus, basically, as their Lord and Savior. And that's the reason that they they find it difficult to relate to many of the ascended masters that we talk about that go back beyond that. They haven't been on the planet a million years. Yes. (laughs) Well, there are different life streams. There are different waves of life streams. Souls are created at different times. At different times, yeah. Yeah. And some of these souls are younger, and but they still have these wonderful hearts. But I think I knew when I found these teachings that I was an old soul. An old soul. (laughs) I know. Well, I guess to wrap things up, Practice selfless love and service, and don't dodge your karma. And, and think of today as a you know a segment of all eternity. That's a great concept, a isn't it? Quote, a little slice, yeah. yeah. A little slice a of heaven. A slice of heaven. <laughs> well, Terry, if somebody wants to get a hold of us and tell us we did right or wrong, what can they do? Send me an email. Send <laughs> us an email. We are at webradio at tsl.org, webradio at tsl.org, and I'll give you I'll, I'll give you a shout out back. Absolutely. Well, thank you all again for being part of this mandala. We're so grateful for your presence. And I can't say it enough. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And though the upward path may sometimes be difficult, the rewards are Are out out of of this this world. world. Thanks, everybody. God bless you. Thank you again for joining us this week. 
Remember, tell your friends and family that they can listen to us live each Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, and Noon Mountain on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about The Open Door and the Summit Lighthouse, please visit our website, www.tsl.org. We'll see you again next week.